0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California.
1: Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay. Sorry that I had to make that sound go away. So, this poem, some of you who have. Um, listen to some of the like happy
0: hour I've done or some of the Dharma talks or path of fearlessness know that um, I I really enjoy poems that have a certain amount of whimsy to them and that are really uh, a lot of imagery in them. So I think that's part of the power of poems is right. Is they're not being explicit, but they're pointing to something that um, we can feel or imagine or you know a different way of understanding something so this poem zazen by virginia hamilton adair is uh describing a meditation you know maybe it's a day long or a retreat or something and uh, it seems like there's so many wonderful and the the poet is using like so many wonderful uh like image images here and
1: Maybe I'll um, just, I'll begin by reading it again. When I first floundered in, no one knew me, not even myself. Staggering under a Saratoga
0: trunk, crammed with humiliations, bottled like urine samples, nail cakes of anger, carbons of abusive letters, chemistry quizzes with Epps, even the horse I never had, and two casseroles left over from the diamond dip supper. No one remarked that I had brought too much. I was wearing three fur hats, donated by opulent cousins, my feet encased in cement ever since the failure of the patio project, and my mouth full of barbs as an old trout. No one praised my appearance. The trunk fell off my back disgorging its unusual contents at my stone feet, which also came off. The fur hats tumbled like a moth-eaten avalanche, bearing a small monk. No one noticed. No one. I kind of like this uh, unconventional, but uh, like evocative imagery that's used here. And for example, like the poet, she uses the first line is like, when I first floundered in this, like floundered in this cl- clumsily, maybe with some confusion, like some staggering and makes me, reminds me of when I first came to a meditation hall, like I, I really didn't know what to expect, what was what was happening and kind of like, you know, what I was supposed to do. I mean, there, maybe there's a way that uh, we feel that way with our own meditation practice, or even if we go to meditation centers or the med- meditation
1: retreats, we feel like, okay, so like a protocol here that I'm supposed to follow. I feel a little bit awkward. And then um, the poet, she also writes, no one knew me, not even
0: myself. Oh, I just love this line because such a big part of meditation practice is a self-understanding. For example, like I had no idea how much planning I did when I, until I started to have meditation practice and I just saw what was going on in my mind. And then, then as I, you know, continued with meditation practice, I discovered that probably like underneath all this planning was some fear. You know, I couldn't even necessarily tell you exactly what the fear was about. But I just knew that I had to be prepared
1: just in case. Maybe I didn't have confidence that I could handle whatever it was that was going to happen. And I just, this is for me part of the power of poetry, that just a few
0: lines can be really evocative of so much. Because also we might understand this line, no one knew me, not even myself, is this recognition that sometimes, you know, that meditation centers or can't be initially like this really warm, welcoming place. Maybe some are. Maybe some aren't if they're filled with some shy introverts. Or if you come a little bit late and some people, maybe not late, but maybe not too early, and some people are already meditating, so they're sitting there with their eyes closed. And so there's a way in which you just come in and you kind of like, is this Okay. <laughs> And for some people, and certainly for some communities, this is, can be really off-putting. This sense of just going into a meditation hall, meditation space, and there isn't necessarily a warm, welcoming. And then the poet, she continues, staggering under a Saratoga trunk, crammed with, and she gives this big, long list of things. it's true. We bring baggage wherever we go. Whether we realize we're doing it or not, there's this kind of like heaviness that can follow us. And she puts this uh, long list. Um, Some of what I kind of like is these carbons of abusive letters. like You know, these things we keep copies of, things that are painful, harmful. You might even use the word trauma here. Like these are carbon copies. They aren't the original things, but there's these carbon copies that we're keeping with us. You know, I don't know exactly when this uh, poem was written, but uh, I can, those of you, probably many of you remember, right? We used to use carbon paper and type on things to keep a copy. And it was the carbons are always a little bit fuzzy, not quite as clear. I mean, they were obviously carbon and they were on a different piece of paper. So this recognition that it's not the original. Harm. But a copy of it that we're carrying with us. And these chemistry quizzes with f's that the poet is also bringing yeah right the things that um happen to us when we we're young i was just sharing with some friends recently that when i was um i don't know maybe 11 years old or something that uh, i wanted to sign up for choir practice or chorus you know at the my school cuz my friends were and uh, the chorus teacher asked me, "Diana, uh, maybe you can just mouth the words because <laughs> of my voice. My, I don't, I don't know how to carry a tune. It's just not possible for me." And then this shows up when I'm starting to begin a meditation retreat, and I'm supposed to be leading the chant, and I have a microphone on, and everybody's going to be hearing me chanting. I feel like, oh yeah, this little voice that's like, "Diana, you're not a very good." Uh,
1: boy chanter or singer or something like this. So these things that we carry around with us that are extra these extra. But uh, I appreciate that the poet includes, like, no one remarked
0: that I had brought too much. Well, maybe there's no, nobody's talking at all. Or maybe they didn't see what she had brought. Or maybe they saw, but uh, weren't saying anything. There's a way in which this can be helpful, but it also
1: can be a little bit disconcerting. Like, doesn't anybody acknowledge what's happening here? And so we might say that there's a sense of progress or a sense of uh, movement during
0: this uh, poem because first it's like the arriving, and then maybe it's the sense of practicing. She, the poet writes, I was wearing three fur hats donated by opulent cousins. For me, I'm thinking like, these are things that, you know, our family kind of like puts on us expectations they have or things that they think we like, or, oh, you're the one, you're the smart one. You're the funny one. You're the dumb one. You're the silly one. You know, like these things that kind of like family gives to us. Maybe I'm reading too much into this poem, but There can be a way in which
1: um, what we are carrying, what we're holding with us, are things that family has given us. (laughs) uh, Then
0: she, uh, the poet, again, Virginia Hamilton, Adair, she continues, my feet encased in cement ever since the failure of the patio project, right? The sense of stuckness we get when we have a sense of failure. And then she also says, in my mouth full of barbs, as an old trout.
1: Might even say maybe she's doing a little bit of body scanning, right? She's talking about her head, hats, the mouth full of barbs, and feet encased in cement,
0: and full of barbs as an old trout, right? This is trout, they take the
1: bait and then they get caught. So what are the things that we do to take bait that we get caught caught with? And then there's this sense of shame or inadequacy that's part of this uh,
0: poem. Sense of not being good enough, right? There's nothing in this poem where she's feeling comfortable or at ease or with warmth towards herself. This sense of lack, this sense of inadequacy, inadequacy often drives a real strong sense of seeking that shows up in our spiritual practice. Convinced that the sense of lack, this moment is lacking, this self is lacking, so we're always like spilling over into the next moment that holds the promise of
1: somehow being better, more satisfying. And then the poet describes, the trunk fell off my back,
0: disgorging its unusual contents. Disgorging, what a fantastic verb. Like this discharging, this expelling, this emitting, which isn't smooth or effortless. Like this letting go that happens often is something that's uh, not easy, not straightforward. And part of what's getting disgorged are these identities.
1: For her, maybe I'm the one who doesn't
0: do well in chemistry. I'm the one who failed the patio project. And meditation in some ways is a purification practice, maybe an extraction practice where the removal of everything that's extra. And part of what's extra are the ways that we identify with what's happened to us in the past and limit ourselves with these types of ideas?
1: And to be sure, these moments of freedom can feel like an unburdening, disgorging, the Saratoga trunk falling off our back. Like, oh, whew. lightning. And then, lastly, I'll close. With this use of the poet using this
0: word, no one. No one knew me, not even myself. No one remarked that I had brought too much. No one praised my appearance. No one noticed.
1: And then she ends just with no one. recognition that not even she was there no one there's not a
0: self there aren't we have all these identities that we take up but part of this practice this disgorging if you will this purification you will is a letting go
1: of these selves that we create and feel so much that we have to bolster and support and defend so this poem zazen by Virginia Hamilton
0: Adair. Just For me, it just brings a sense of delight, and I hope maybe it did for you today, for you this morning, and maybe you can bring this sense of delight
1: with you as you go throughout your day. Thank you very much for joining me this morning, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.